welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show number 213, where each week we have a different story to talk about. It could be a comic, could be a movie, a TV show, all sorts of stuff. We read it, we watch it, we do what we have to do. We come back here and talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Good morning, Hello. Melissa. How are you? Good morning. I'm okay. I'm very sleepy. I stayed out very late at the local theater. Oh man, how 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 late were you up? Ah, it's an outdoor theater, and so the shows don't start until eight fifteen, and then it was super packed because it's like mm. Saturday night, perfect weather. It was Mary Poppins. This is the big family friendly show. There were probably literally 10,000 people there. So it just takes a long time to get out of the parking lot at the end of the night and drive home. So I just didn't go to bed until like 1 a.m. Oh, man. Welcome to my life where bedtime is like 1 a.m. if not later. (laughs) There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. So you went to go see Mary Poppins. That's pretty cool. I saw it twice. Nice. I Because uh, I, I had season tickets to go see it with a friend, and then my family took my niece for her first trip to this this local theater. That's cool. That's good. I uh, did, did not do as much adventurous stuff. I stayed home. I've just been watching TV shows and catching up on comics <laughs> and stuff like that. I read all of Black Science uh in hmm. the span of like two or th- or three days all nine volumes uh oh. so and i i i had all nine vo- volumes i hadn't read that last volume and it, uh-huh. I, it, it, it had just been sitting there on my shelf for a couple years now so i was like you know what i'm gonna reread the whole thing so i did that's what i've been up to i don't think i know that title have you mentioned black science before <sighs> I I don't remember if I've pitched it or not. I might have. Um, the, long story short, it's a like a sci-fi st- st- story about the multiverse, kind of. Okay. Um, but it's it's very much about family and life and the choices you make and learning to be happy with them and content with them while at the same time also still dreaming j- and mm. uh, you, you know still wanting more stuff like that so okay it's, it's a good book indeed nice um but we are not here to talk about black science we are here to talk about destroy all monsters yeah this is a, a a kaiju film uh <laughs> from from 1968 this is uh, they i they said it was the ninth film technically in the godzilla franchise uh however there that there is not that much godzilla he's still the main monster in the Mm -hmm. one uh but not as much of a godzilla centric movie yeah uh as maybe i thought it was going to be Mm -hmm. going in um but uh from what i heard this was described to me via the internet uh that this is kind of like the avengers of monster movies uh (laughs) which is an interesting way to to Uh describe this film uh but uh this is what we watched this week destroy all monsters yeah Yeah. i had a blast Uh, 
It was very fun. This movie is from, (laughs) uh, it was released in 1968 in Japan. It is full of rubber suits, miniatures, bright colors. Uh, You can watch it as one of the free movies on YouTube. They have an English dubbed version, which is what I watched, which I don't want to do it for every kaiju movie, but I felt like for at least one, I should watch, you know, the way like my parents would have seen this movie if they saw it in the theater when they were kids. And it's a dub that does retain all the Japanese uh, people in place names, which is nice. That's cool. That is good. I watched it on HBO Max. Oh, they had the subbed version. It's the Criterion collection version. So, uh, yeah, it's on HBO Max. It was on YouTube for free. There, there's a number of places you can go watch this one. Um, but, yeah, this was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> it was. It's, it is altogether wildly entertaining mm. and really bad. Um, and, and all of that at the same time. Uh, it is kind of what you expect for like a cheesy kaiju movie where you know that like oh they used to make these with like rubber suits and miniatures Mm -hmm. and they would stomp around on all these things and it was just it was just kind of chaos and like this was that in like the most in, 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 in just the most beautiful the best way possible it was it was just bizarre it was weird yeah. and i loved it <laughs> uh-huh it was great um yeah i th- this is is not so much the avengers no say, of, of the, all. but but we we do have monsters like mothra and rodan uh king gigigigigigatora shows up at the end uh, there's Angrius. I don't know how to pronounce that exactly. Mm. M- Manila, uh, all, all sorts of stuff. I think they had 11 in total. Um, but mm-hmm. our, our, our good boy Godzilla is there stomping around doing and his, his son his thing and his son. Yeah. Well, Godzilla Jr. However, <laughs> whatever his name is. Um, but uh yeah, this is an interesting one because uh, the the plot of this basically is, hey, humanity has kind of achieved peace or so it yeah. would seem. And all these monsters now live on monster land, this island that mm. they have uh it's where all these monsters can live and they have uh systems where they can feed these monsters and keep them happy and sedated so to speak uh so that they won't go rampaging around the world um Mm -hmm. but something happens something causes them to break out and go rampaging around the world and it happens to be mind controlling aliens uh (laughs) <laughs> I hate when that happens. Right. right? It's the, the worst. Uh, yeah. And these aliens come to Earth wanting to kind of carve out their own section of Earth for themselves. And they do this by displaying uh, their technological prowess uh, and by mind controlling these monsters. Uh, and uh, it does not go as planned. 
Eventually, they break free of the mind control, uh, but in a last-ditch attempt to be like, we'll show you, they summon King Ghidorah. And mm-hmm. uh, now that all the monsters have lost all of the mind control and stuff, and Earth can kind of herd them back to monster land, they all fight King Ghidorah. And uh, a little bit of a spoiler, spoiler alert here. They kicked the shit out of King Ghidorah. Literally. <laughs> he, he lie, they knock him over on the ground and they all just stomp on him together. They curb stomp the dude, man. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, that is the plot. That is basically the whole movie uh, that I just ex- expo- explained here. Um, but man, it is a blast. It is fun to watch. Mm. It is bizarre. Uh, just like we've been saying. Yeah, the, the, the special effects are cheesy. They're terrible. But it's, it's like it's just it's so fascinating to watch yes. between the set design, the way they do this movie. It's just, like I. I genuinely had a lot of fun watching this. Uh, yeah, and I don't I don't know what the best special effects possible were in 1968. Sure. This might have been revolutionary. I don't know. But I think the effects really hold up. There's a lot of charm to them in these big cardboard like neat oh, yeah. geometric buildings that Godzilla gets to stomp through. It's really nice to look at. Nothing looks like this anymore. Yeah, it'd, it'd be really, really interesting if they made like a sequel to or, or just right. went, went, went back to making monster movies of this style. Right. Like, yes. let's get the rubber suits. Let's get the miniatures and just start stomping around. What I love about them is that they're miniatures that very clearly are miniatures. Oh, yeah. And miniatures are still in in use today, but you don't yep. know that's what they are. I like how transparent all the effects in this movie are. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's fascinating to watch. Uh, I have this Norton security thing on my computer that keeps popping up, and I hate it. And God, go away! I don't know why it will do this. But it's being stupid. It's making me go through this tour that I can't X out of <laughs> until now of like, here's a new feature on. I'm just like, go away. I hate you. Um, we have business to uh, do. We do. We have monster business to discuss here. Um, yeah, man, I, I the, the, the one thing I will say I was the fascinated by the most was the costuming and the set yeah. design. Man, I loved it. It was incredible. I, I, I thought it was that, brilliant. That was also my favorite part that we see these technicians in like bright red jumpsuits in like a bright green laboratory where everything is a bright blue, like big plastic button. Primary on colors. Panel. Yeah. Um, man, it, it's so good. I highly recommend checking this mm-hmm. one out if you're a fan of monster movies or if you want to go back and teach yourself some more about kaiju f- films, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like we are here on the podcast. Uh, this, I think, is one to check out. 
I, I, I think this was a fascinating one. I, I yeah. keep saying that because it is. It's, uh, it's, it's fun for all ages. Put it on for a kid, you know. Put this on at a party. Yeah. Do you yeah. own a bar? Put this on at the bar. This is the perfect bar movie. Ooh, a kaiju-themed bar. That would be great. There probably That's is what, one. There, there, there has to be, but here in There's America, probably 12. not one you're going to see, right? Oh, that stinks. But um, yeah, kaiju-themed bar. That'd be a lot of fun. You're on to something. You're on to something. Um, well, yeah. I don't know if I have much else to say in terms of like non-spoilery stuff, even though we kind of already right. spoiled the whole <laughs> yeah. movie because it's just a really simple movie. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is a good time for our housekeeping. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when we get back from that, we will dive into, I guess, more spoilers and start dissecting the movie a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots. And we'd love it if you check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and a thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash The Whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you'd like to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for supporting thank us. Thank you. Uh, it means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Cool things that we've been up to here at the Whatnots. Uh, reactions galore. Uh, we've yeah. been keeping up with Miss Marvel. Uh, I did a trailer reaction to Paper G- Girls, which is out at the end of this month. Uh, July 2022 is when we are recording this one. Uh, and uh, immediately, at, well, not immediately, but after we record <laughs> yeah. this, we are recording a spoiler cast to Thor Love and Thunder, which just mm-hmm. came out a couple days ago. Uh, so go check all that stuff out. That's on our podcast feed called The Reactor Core. Uh, it's here on our YouTube page as well. Um, on the Captain's Log, we recently had our trivia night uh, yeah. on the podcast, which was a lot of fun. Thrilling. Uh, after that, we talked about some Mountain Dew stuff. We had some some this some is- chaos. It's <laughs> most episodes on the podcast. I'm hitting the wrong buttons on our stream deck. All sorts of stuff. Uh, we got to describe what Thor Love and Thunder would be if it was a scented candle. All sorts mm, of shenanigans. Our favorite uh, game. Yes. Indeed. We talked about the the liminal hallways beneath the Oklahoma City downtown business center. We did. That's all on the captain's log. You guys can go check that out on our 
on our YouTube page as well. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Crossplay. Uh, this past week was just me and a- Alan. Uh, we got to discuss some of the l- latest video game news uh, that's been ha- happening. And the games we're excited about playing uh, in the near future here. There's this cyberpunk cat game called Stray that I'm super excited for. Uh, so go check all that stuff out. Uh, you guys know uh, how to find all of that. But yeah, I think that is about it for housekeeping right now. Uh, so that means let's get into spoilers. Bam, there we go. Um, so yeah, I mean, we already kind of mentioned the whole plot because like I right. <laughs> said, this movie is no very big simple. Yeah, um, no, no real big twists it's kind of what you expect it's what's on the like movie poster the movie mm. <laughs> just monsters fighting um here, here's the thing that i want to know where did we get the name destroy all monsters i i guess that is Ghidorah's mission sure. because all these monsters it's yeah, so yeah. funny where this where yeah, this yes. movie starts all these monsters are already in play. The world knows about them. The world has achieved peace. And there's like an island where all the monsters live. It's like a monster habitat. And there are yeah. like sensors like around the border that like if Godzilla walks too far into the ocean, like something beeps at him and then he turns around <laughs> and he goes back. <laughs> Not the beeping. No. Right. So nobody's trying to destroy these monsters and the aliens are initially using the monsters. They're mind controlling them to destroy other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's only when the the human scientists remove that mind control and they turn the monsters back on the aliens and then the aliens are like, we've got one more monster of our own you haven't seen before. It's King Ghidorah. He has three heads. He's a king. Uh, so I think destroy all monsters really just refers to King Ghidorah. That's his goal only. Interesting. So I, according to the Wikipedia page, uh, the Japanese name literally translates to monster total advancement. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> The MTA, Sounds like a real-time strategy game. Right? It sure does. Um, man, so as I was watching this, that's the, the kind of things I was thinking about. I was like, this would actually make for, like, a really good TV show or, like, an anime, <gasps> like, remake of this, but still in that, like, 1960s sci-fi theme, that those, like, bright primary colors, the real simple designs on those space suits and stuff man i like i this was a for for as bad as the special effects are right for as as obvious as these rubber suits are for these uh, these monsters i really really enjoyed the special effects for all the like human characters the outfits they had on these uniforms mm -hmm. Just incredible stuff. Um, when when you think of like like 1970s sci-fi, uh, the, the, it, or, or like just o- older sci-fi in general of of like 1960s and before, like, like mm-hmm. that is one of the things that I think of. There's this 
comic book that I borrowed a long, long time ago from Comixology Unlimited. I don't remember what it was called. I would have to dig it up, but it was some just like, like, here's a collection of this one like comic book character from the like 1920s and his sci-fi adventures. Ooh. And it uh man, it was just like the primary colors. It, it, it was like the platonic concept of red and blue and yellow and <laughs> green. And these were the colors used to make this book. And it's it's kind of what this movie is made out of just man those bright yellow like astronaut like yes. space suits yes. i loved them those were amazing um and, and and what's what's neat is is that they they often depict those astronauts up up, up against these these like brown and gray not the, it's not desaturated, but they're up against yeah. the moon, right? And these like right. rocky caves, and so it is this like very bland, like monotoned, uh, just like at, just has, has heading, and then they pop out from behind the, the, the rocks in in just the brightest yellow costume. Uh, that you can think of and just immediately you zero in on them. Yes. They stand out so much and it's great. I loved it. Um, yeah, I just like I, I, I love this sci-fi aesthetic where yes. it is just these giant primary colors. They had their like Skype phone right where they can do video calls in right there. and the person on the other end of the video call is holding like a normal phone receiver up to their head but the astronauts are just talking in their helmets with no clear like microphone or earpiece they're like don't worry about how it works right he can hear them yeah that they have lasers they have all sorts of like really cool technology that i'm 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 i'm, I'm, I'm just like man i like this is the kind of sci-fi I wish we had more of. Like, right. imagine like a like an, an HBO Max level drama set in this kind of sci-fi. That'd yes. be amazing. That'd be more so colors. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, man, the yeah. set design and costuming was fantastic. And I think that's a real strength of the movie is that you aren't bored when the monsters aren't around yes. because all the humans are in these really colorful plasticky like toy playset settings they're all wearing these bright yeah. colors <laughs> they all have got like like neat geometric hair yep indeed <laughs> indeed um so we, we've mentioned the special effects and stuff and mentioned the use of uh, like models and like toy cars mm. and 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 yeah. stuff like that, um, which I think was also used to actually pretty good effects. Yes, um, I love I, I was I love a model city, and I like I was saying impressed. earlier, it, it doesn't look like something Weta Workshop would make for Lord of the Rings, where it completely vanishes in. You're like, I can't believe that's a miniature. They put the yeah. miniature city on screen, and you're like, that's a miniature city. Like, if I went to my local hobby center and I had a very big budget, I could make that out of stuff at the hobby center. Like, it doesn't look real 
uh, real high end and glossy. It, I love right. that. Like I said, I love just the geometric building that's just like a grid of windows. I love all of these like yeah. cardboard like skyscrapers. Godzilla will smash. I love to look at them. I love tiny little broccoli trees on the side yeah. of a road with like little toy cars. They're pulling around on like a monofilament string in a neat line. Yeah, it's great. Um, like I, it's interesting because I think another notable. So you mentioned the Lord of the Rings one. That's kind of one of the like movie trivia things that I remember from my childhood. Is that like Helm's date was yeah. like one third scale. Like it, it, it was actually <laughs> a lot smaller for people to be in there and a lot tighter. But somehow right. they made it work and they right. did all this movie these- magic. Um, Megatures, these things that are like it's a miniature, but it's the size of a room. Like it's a miniature that is the size of a person. So yeah. it's 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 a miniature, but it's big enough that they can have all this really tiny detail on it. Yeah, and and I, I here on the review show, another miniature that I remember uh, both being incorporated into a shot. Uh, for the movie and also just in the movie was Beetlejuice yeah! <laughs> in a weird way. One that of our first, top miniatures. Uh, right. That first <laughs> that first scene as it's kind of going through this heady is like at, at first you don't necessarily realize that it's a model uh-huh. but very quickly you do. And it's just like, oh, okay, this is a miniature. Interesting. Is that special effects? And then it kind of pulls up and it's like, no, you're in the attic of this house that has this just big miniature set. And they they use that to a nice effect where Mm. at first you just think it's a special effects shot. That's what they had to do to get that. And like, no, it's actually practical. Like, this is Yeah, it's a diegetic miniature. Yeah, this doesn't use it to that same effect because obviously they're trying to make it seem like, hey, this is the real thing. This is the real city. It's getting destroyed. It's getting blown up, all that stuff. Uh, And it's very obviously Mm. fake. Like you can tell immediately. It's like, oh, that's a Hot Wheels car. It's like, oh, (laughs) that's a train model set. Um, Yeah. But and. Yeah, at first you're just like cheesy effects, man. That uh, does not hold. But man, I loved it. It right. was just like it's so much fun to kind of see how far mo- movies have come. Not to look mm-hmm. back on it and be like, man, that was bad. Good thing we're not doing that anymore. Uh-huh. But just to to look back and think, man, the creativity. They had to you the ingenuity that they had to employ to to make these to realize their vision is 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 just like this is cool. Like I Uh I I like this. Um, So uh, one thing I did see on their Wikipedia is that their spaceship, the SY3, I believe it was called. (laughs) They made three different size models like for depending on what kind of shot they were using um did man i just yeah i like be be, be, between stuff like that 
scenes of the like subway system as the train is g- g- going in. I I just think they had really good model, yeah, work that they used. I I I have nothing but good things to say yes. about that. It's it, it's hard to like I I don't have all of this like movie trivia or all that stuff mm. or much of a comparison point because we haven't really watched many kaiju films yet we've watched mm. a small handful um but it, i'm i'm starting to learn and starting to see like okay this is what i've always heard of yeah about meets expectations mm. but i love it in a strange right. way <laughs> like like i said it's really it feels attainable it, it and something about that is really charming. Like yeah. it, it as helpful and as believable as digital effects can be. Like I can't really picture the making of them in my mind. I know it's a bunch of people like sitting at a computer, and a person sitting at a computer is anything. <laughs> like it's got so many possibilities. Like you can't really grab onto it. Like yeah. I'm doing that right now. I'm not making a movie. When you look at the these very clear, transparent, like miniatures and practical effects, you can like envision it being constructed. You can see people with like glue and paint and like uh, very carefully walking over different parts of a miniature to like set down a building. Like yeah. you can see the craftsmanship in it in a way that you you can with digital effects. Not to uh, uh, like everything is a purpose. Everything is a need. There is craftsmanship in everything. It just feels a little bit more tangible in this movie. And it's and maybe because we've been in a world of digital effects for so often, it feels like a really nice, refreshing change to go back and see not just something practical, but something that is uh, so old that the practicality of it is so transparent. You're like, that's made out of popsicle sticks. (laughs) Yeah, it's good fun, though. Good fun. Um, So let's talk about. The aliens that show up here. The I love them. Um, I, I love that it's just a lady in like a silver cowl. Yeah. Just like this bedazzled like silver <laughs> cowl outfit right. thing. And all of her other aliens are in the same outfit in this. Right. I love that that's what it is. It's just five women in sparkly outfits. Never more. You never five, get that well, much of a sense of a society or an army. It's it's five shiny women it's mostly yeah those five women there's one video that they film or one like telecall or something that has one like random guy in the in in the back there and like i i can't tell if that's just like a human that has been like well i'm getting mine controlled by these guys or like i've the technology all the way they got it high high society over here guys right um, i side with the aliens did let me join you right or if he is an actual like male or something who yeah knows? um but i yeah they i i again just like very simplistic costume that is just like man this is bizarre she's just in this like bedazzled outfit this is great um they when they so there there is a scene that i really liked uh where they stumble into this cave and they find one of the killak bases um 
And there's part of it that is green screened that they they yeah. make this, this cave look ginormous because inside is this like secret base. Right. Uh, and it's like finely constructed and there's computer servers in there and all this stuff like what what you would think of for like a sci fi base, big giant room with evil alien sci fi stuff. Right. Um, but then they have this this set where they talk in person with the people where it's it's this room with like these fabric drapes in them. Yep. And that's it. It is like the the simplest set uh, it meant to be like. You can't really see the edges of the wall, but they need to have something in there. So they're just like, put some just fabric, just drapes and fabric. <laughs> There's uh, fabric in, in, in the space there. Sure. Yeah. Um, Modern and- space doesn't have enough fabric. <laughs> <laughs> we need more aliens that are just wearing like moo's. We need to go to more spaceships that are just full of wafting curtains. But it, it just it is like the most simple set design yep. you can think of in the most obvious way and it's it's just again it's fascinating it's bizarre mm. it's just like man it, imagine how serious this must have this movie must have been back in 1968 mm. right just like how how much they took it seriously like oh Mind-controlling aliens, monsters that destroy the whole planet. Wow. And then us being like, man, this is fascinating and bizarre because it's so obvious and bad. It's very quaint. Cheesy, right? (laughs) (laughs) They had zero budget. God. Well, that's the thing, though, is that I keep trying to put myself in the space of somebody who was there at the time. Like, I can't call this bad. I can't call this low budget. This probably was tremendous for the time when it came out, and we've just outgrown it and outpaced it. But it's 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 been very fun to go back to. Like this movie offers us something that modern movies do not offer us, which is not to cast a judgment on any era or any form of filmmaking. It's just nice that there's so much variety out there as we go on, as we journey forwards in time and in film. And we can really enjoy like Pacific Rim and we can really enjoy this. Yeah. Um, let me see. How is the can I do this this thing here? What, what is that equal? What thing? I'm trying to see if I can do get like a, a yen to dollar. Oh yeah. Thing. How because the Wikipedia gives it? us the original budget and then the budget inflation, but only in yen. So I don't know what that is in USD. Uh, let's see. Into dollar, it has the go. Oh. What? How did that work? It started to. So there's the one that pops up on Google. Um, but it's not working right now. Let me see. No, like it's not doing that thing. Let's see here. Okay, um, I think I've got it. The okay, so Wikipedia has got the original budget and then the equivalent in 2019. Nobody sure, comes yes. in and updates this this Wikipedia page every year. 
But in 2019, that amount of yen was equivalent to about $5.3 million, which is on the smaller side. But which isn't is on the uh, very small side. Which isn't, but it isn't like pitiful by any means. Well, by my standard of what I make every year, that's a lot. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, five million dollars. That's that. That is not much at all. And, and yeah, I'm I'm. I just I'm super impressed with all of the stuff that they can yeah. do and and make. Uh, my girlfriend is into those like really, really cheesy horror movies that you can find on like Amazon, like yeah. Attack of the Killer Donut uh, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and she like some of those probably are like college student projects that then yeah. somehow got some distribution on prime video somehow some way to upload it um and it's it's kind of ingenious the stuff that they do as just like college kids right and like can do all of that stuff so like that is like the closest comparison i have in my mind mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah, just, just like I, I can't help but just be like, like the art, the art kid in me is is just like bravo, like good. yeah, you, you, you had fun right. this. I know you did. I it know looks you fun. Did. Um, I want to ask you about yeah. something that a structure that was in the dubbed version I watched, and I don't know if it was in the original Japanese version. The dubbed version has this man narrating it like it's an educational film. (laughs) It's like, observe Monster Island. Here are the monsters live in peace. And like, I don't think this is a character. I don't think this voice is talking to anybody. It's just narrating to us, the audience, like see Godzilla walk out into the water. Uh, The the island, it's got its own protective features separate for every monster to keep them inside. I think they did have something like that in the japanese version i i i am remembering like when they explain those like security systems yeah. and stuff like that they have that but it was only at that part mm. like it's, did that carry through the it rest was in of the beginning the not the rest of the film it did just abruptly stop at one point but it was that opening part and then like maybe a couple minutes after the opening credits It's kind of throughout like the first like 15 minutes. It wasn't a structure of the entire thing. Not that I would have minded. I kind of like that. I like that it's just presented like it is a film you watch in class or like if you're going if if you're going to a museum in the world of this movie, they've got a little video you sit and watch about. And this is how we made Monster Island. (laughs) Yeah. Here's how the security systems work on Monster Island. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, we, we, there wasn't much of a narrator. I didn't really notice it, um, all, all that much. I, I could be convinced that my memory was wrong and it was actually one of the characters that was explaining it to another character. Yeah, that's possible that we missed that. Yeah. Um, but no, that not, not not much uh, narration besides that bit. Mm-hmm. There. Um, 
but yeah, so I I, I want to go back to the Killax real quick. Okay, because yeah. Because we, we did not mention their mind control uh, stuff yes. yet. So uh, they, they, they are mind controlling all of these m- monsters. That's what sends them into this rampage. Uh, they, uh, there's a number of ways that they do this mind control. Uh, one thing is by like implanting these chips yeah. in the back of people's necks, and that's what's uh, that's what's controlling them. And then there's one character, a woman who uh, slips by security, who's looking for those chips yeah. in the back of the neck, and she doesn't have one. Instead, she has these like pearl. These pearl earrings um, yeah. that that she ha- has on and they eventually figure it out and they rip those out of her ear and all that stuff. Um, but then they also to mind control the monsters have sent these uh, like this space rock looking things <laughs> down yeah. into different strategic locations around the Earth that give off a signal. Um, and I think at one point the signal is broadcasting from the base on Earth that they have. Um, and then eventually they switch it to their moon base because, yes, they also have a base on the moon because you why know. not? Um, Happy to see so much moon this week. Yeah. We're coming Indeed. up on moon day, uh, the, the anniversary of the moon landing. Um. But but yeah, they're like beaming signals, all that stuff. And eventually the, the Earth finds them all. They destroy them all. Um, but uh, that, that it was interesting to see that. Yeah, they have like multiple ways of mind controlling different people and things and stuff like that. Um, that I, 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 I thought that was neat because usually mm-hmm. a movie like this will pick one way. They'll have a specific yeah. device. And once that device is destroyed, then it's done. Mm. This has like multiple ways to do yeah. that. And that's that was neat. Killax. The very versatile. Mm-hmm. The they're able to break through the security functions on Monster Island. So all the monsters break out and like within hours, they are all across the world. They travel very fast and the monsters are attacking different important world sites. Uh, So let's see. Godzilla attacks New York City. Classic. Mm -hmm. Rodan invades Moscow. Mothra lays lays waste to Beijing. Uh, Wikipedia says Gorosaurus destroys Paris, although Baragon is credited for its destruction. Manda attacks London. And this is before they've revealed the mind control plot. And I'm like, are these monsters smart enough to know what important human architecture is? Like, why does Baragon know the Arc de Triomphe? If I take that town, that'll really hurt them. (laughs) And then when you learn no aliens are doing it, it makes slightly more sense that these aliens were smart enough to be like, Arc de Triomphe, that's humanity's weak spot. Take it down. Like, it's not even, like, very important, like, structural things. They're not taking down, like, fortresses or or military centers like or places monuments. of real power. It's just 
it's just landmarks, right? It's yeah. just it's just monuments. You've done nothing practical except for hurting a bunch of people's feelings when you destroy the Arc de Triomphe. That's also just the easy like movie way to explain. Oh, they're in Paris. I, I know there they are destroying the yeah. Eiffel Tower. All right? these postcard oh, images, York, right? Yeah, I just yeah. I just think it's it's funny <laughs> to see a monster attacking. Just a historical statue that has like no offensive or defensive value. Yep. Did did you have so we got introduced to a bunch of yeah. different monsters besides Godzilla? Uh, did you have a favorite monster that that stood out? Uh, the I, one that you were you were like, oh, that's neat, or just like, what, what the hell? <laughs> I didn't know Mothra had a caterpillar form, but it Same. makes sense. Mothra is not a moth at any point during this movie. Mothra is a caterpillar wiggling around. It's good old Caterpie just destroying right. buildings exactly. and shooting his like cocoon webbing stuff. Um, yeah, I, I had no idea about that. There was the like big long like snake worm looking yeah. dude. I don't remember I like what that his one a lot. name is. Um they they had a spider looking one which I did not like. Yes. I don't like spiders. Um, but then yeah, who? What was Godzilla's kid's name? That's the one I yeah. Is his name out. just Son of Godzilla? I liked him because he looked like the baby from Dinosaurs. He really did. He has this face that's meant to like look uh, like much more. Uh, it's it's Manila. He's that's oh, the one. His name isn't just Godzilla Jr. That's nice. Good old Gary Jr. Uh, yeah, no, it's Manila. Oh, it's like mini Illa. Yeah. I get it. Interesting. Uh, first appeared in Toho's 1967 film, Son of Godzilla. It is the adopted son of Godzilla and is sometimes oh. referenced as Minya in the American dubbed versions that makes sense i was wondering like where's mom but there is he adopted where's he from where'd godzilla find him interesting um let's see what is this is this the american one here um no that's the 10th film in the godzilla franchise so wild immediately after uh destroy all monsters um the next movie is all monsters attack that's the (laughs) that's the 10th godzilla film here interesting um yeah, I, Manila was a, an interesting one to me. I did not know that that was a thing. That was new to me. Uh, that it was like, hey, here's the son of Godzilla. But yeah, he just has the like sweetest baby face uh, mm. in, in there. And then at, at this big end fight scene where King Ghidorah is just getting the shit kicked out of him. Uh, he like he is like safely from a distance just yeah. like cheering everyone on right. just like yeah, I, love, dad. <laughs> I love when the monsters like raise their arms up like they're exasperated at something yeah, just, the like monster oh. physicality is so funny <laughs> it really is 
there like there was this one moment where I think it was Godzilla. Uh, they're fighting Ghidorah and he's like he's you, you can tell he's like angry or mm. upset and he's just like oh man <laughs> he just has this like real like he he is the angry dad just like tossing his arms and like oh <laughs> and it was just like that's the funniest thing ever uh and, and then yeah God, so after just they, an they, he is they 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 beat king Ghidorah and they they just start like celebrating and dancing yes. and they're just like oh yeah hey happy <laughs> um it's just it's the it's the funniest thing um but man that end fight scene though that was neat i like that i yeah. think is one of the best uh scenes in in the film um just to to see all of these monsters team up and do their special moves or start mm-hmm. like doing their webbing and all that stuff to hold Ghidorah down to bite its neck and there's blood on Ghidorah. Oh, now they're punching it. Miniela does this thing where, again, he's like a farther away. He's a safe distance. He's a child. He's a safe distance away from the main fight. And he like yells out of a laser ring like he's blown a smoke ring out of his mouth yeah and it like zooms across to where the fight is and then it like turns and flips and goes around one of the Ghidorah heads next yeah yeah and then it like shines and then that head is dead what was that yeah uh it it seems like he he Took the like radioactive breath and is like, hey, dad, oh. smoke rings. They're all right. the rage nowadays. Let's make this a ring. And so, yeah, he like spits out this ring. But the idea uh, that the ring can then like angle and like bake off of things once it's out of his mouth is funny. I do love that there is this mix of like these special moves that the monsters can use and mm-hmm. also just stomping and kicking. And that's yeah. mostly what the la- the final battle is, is that they get Geeter uh, down on the ground and they all just kick him. Yep. They're all just beating him up on the play. Around. Um, man. Yeah. That that scene was fantastic, though. Um, the, if, if nothing else, like that movie is worth watching just for that end fight scene to just see these yeah. like 11 monsters just duking it out and just. Yes. It's it's wild. It's so much fun. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good one indeed. Uh, let's see. Is there more stuff that we need to talk about that we missed? Uh-huh. Do we want to talk about the Earth people? Any? Uh, Is there stuff that we missed with with that? I and not I I watched this movie in installments because I could like just have it on YouTube and I could go to my watch history sure. and like go in and out of it pretty easily. So I would watch it in like little bits and I would watch like 20 minutes and then go back to it later that night and I'm like who are the humans again? But I did really like that girl who does get under the mind control. And now you've got like mm-hmm. a good chunk of the movie where she's under the mind control and she's kind of conniving and kind of sly. And she, she's almost like a spy. I, I liked that bit. She, she did that very well. Looking real sneaky. Yeah. She's got a lot of cool outfits, too. Indeed. I did like that there is a uh, 
there's an international presence in the movie. Like it's the UN, I think, that like put together Monster mm-hmm. Island. There's the there's multicultural casts in some of these labs. Yeah. By multicultural, I mean Japanese people and white people. I don't one, think they got to a lot guy. of other cultures. Yeah. But I, I appreciate that there's an attempt to to show the larger parts of the world, to show that this would be a world concern. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, it, 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 in a weird way, that woman, I don't remember who named the, the one that was getting mind controlled. She is also, she also has that like James Bond, like spy aesthetic to her. Right. Yeah. And that mixed in with the, like the, this old school sci-fi stuff makes for just this really neat mix. Um, yeah. The, the, the Killack layer that's underneath the that that's in that big cave really reminds me of like a, a Bond layer, mm-hmm. right? Where it's just this big like big rocks building inside this cave that has all the sci-fi equipment in it, right? And they're planning to destroy the Earth or something. Um, and yeah, I I just man, I I had a blast with this. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think that here's the last thing I will okay. uh, ask not to compare them per se, but how would you like what, what what is your thoughts on this versus the original Godzilla that we watched uh, a few months ago? They're very different and they didn't come out too far apart. The original Godzilla is from 54 and this is from 68. The yeah. original Godzilla is a a war drama it's about these big ethical questions we have a scientist who has invented this like while trying to do something good he's accidentally invented this incredible weapon and he's so ashamed of it and he keeps it a secret and Mm -hmm. when they realize they need to use it to stop godzilla he's like i'm going down with this thing i never want this to be used again i will die so that no other like national force can ever use me to like rebuild this weapon to use it against any other people i die here and this is like yeah yellow astronauts like astronauts in like bright yellow like lego costumes yeah mind control earrings (laughs) stomping on a dragon that has three heads yeah um yeah yeah, it's it's interesting to see because like that was one of the things i was curious about is like i know godzilla started as this very serious like like you said this war story this uh, this like it's a metaphor for the atomic bomb and all the the destruction uh to then go like how do we go from that to like oh godzilla he's so cute like oh my god uh, and, and then in this, we kind of get a third version of that, of mm-hmm. like, it's not like, yeah, it's Godzilla. He's still super destructive. Like he's he's still that same destructive one. We know not necessarily cute, but it is just complete sci fi fantasy. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is is just like, yeah. But what if like. All the monsters lived on an island and then aliens mind controlled them. And like, what if they fought a- another monster from space? King Ghidorah? Like, how cool would that be, man? Um, <laughs> and like, that is 
still kind of like that is its own like third entry into what a yeah. monster movie can can be and i think that's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. yeah mm-hmm. i I, was, I think about hmm? go for it i think about pacific rim which is a movie where giant monsters come out of the ocean and they begin to attack humanity and this goes on for I forget how long, but years, probably like at least this same 14 year time span that we're looking at between, you know, in real time, the first Godzilla and destroy all monsters. And in that movie, I think there's a really interesting look at how people live in in terror. They live in trauma. They live in tragedy. Mm -hmm. But at some point, like you have to learn to have some sort of fun and joy in life and sort of get something out of these monsters you live uh, alongside of and then you get like the specific kaiju themed sneaker collabs you get people dressed as the kaiju going on the late night talk shows you've got charlie day with the tattoo sleeves full of these kaiju because you learn to like you fear your enemy you want to know more about your enemy you eventually come to sort of admire your enemy And, and yeah you do see them almost like uh, a fun pop culture figure at some point because you've gone through so much what else is left like, like you can only live in the emotional space of the first Godzilla for so long before your brain just like kind of adapts and is like yeah we have monsters <laughs> it, yeah it's it's interesting I I don't know if I would describe it as like the Stockholm syndrome thing that you were yeah. kind of getting at but I see what you're getting at. And it, it it is this like sense of pride, right? That they 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 went from this thing of like, oh man, like there's this destruction. We need to fear it. We need to like do mm. all that to be like, you know what? I feel like we've moved on. Uh, but this is still a part of our history. And I I, yeah. I feel like this is something we should take ownership of and control it and steer it and yeah that that's what they eventually do with these movies and you know this whole kaiju genre right of 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 just like hey we can make it about that more serious stuff or we can make it pure fantasy or we can make it where he's our hero and our protector and like it's like there's all sorts of neat stuff that they can do with this. And it's just, it's, it's neat. It's neat to see all these different directions that, uh, that it can go in. So. Mm-hmm. There, you go. there you go. Good stuff. Destroy all monsters. That was a fun one. Indeed. Uh, Melissa, I am pulling up our bingo cards. Here. Oh yeah. What's happening with bingo? I'm gonna bring them up here on the screen. Bam! There we go. I'm not JJJ in the bingo transition this this week, so I need to fix that to do it to this screen and not the old one we used to do here. B um, I N G O O Bingo! Yeah, cool. Um, so let's see here. Do we have anything? that we can put on here no time travel no time to eat breakfast superman analog mysterious scar no, the only the, the closest thing 
Yeah, I don't have anything either. The closest thing I would have had would be like the spaceship AI, but they don't have an AI on the spaceship. I don't think so. So can't even get that. No characters who connect to computers. Um, I know last time we did bingo, I had like character gets hit through building. I was kind of Ooh. expecting to see something like that in here. We yeah. Didn't even get that. This um, one of my spaces is Santa might be real uh, a topic that is not broached in this movie but looking at this movie I can't extrapolate and imagine yeah in Godzilla 14 Santa shows up Santa versus Godzilla Godzilla versus Mecha Santa <laughs> <laughs> man that's funny um yeah, so no no real update for Bingo uh, on yeah, this one. Bingo dry spell. Bingo dry spell indeed. Yeah, uh, it happens. That's a-okay. Uh, but recommendations, Melissa, for people who yeah. liked this, what else might they like? Ah, I think it was a good idea to mention Beetlejuice earlier. That's not a comparison I would have thought of. But if you want more of the practical effects and the living inside of a miniature you could watch beetlejuice it's an interesting comparison point uh this is another weird connection but to be in this very very stylized brightly colored uh 1968 reality where everything's so heightened and nothing feels real everything mm -hmm. feels very obviously designed it kind of reminded me of the aesthetics in the love witch which is a movie we watched. Uh, this was episode 128. We covered this for Halloween 2020. The Love Witch is a movie that is stylized after like a 1970s like Technicolor thriller about this witch, you know, this contemporary witch in, in those times who's mm -hmm. like lost a bunch of lovers and moves to a new town and she's going to start over. And she has these these series of lovers who disappoint her and then she kills them with magic yeah yeah that, that and was, the whole thing was wild the whole thing's like really psychedelically colored and surreal and i don't know if you just want another really unusual aesthetic space to live in you could watch the love witch yeah and then to sure. talk more about practical effects uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels is the uh, film essay channel, the Royal Ocean Film Society. And they just put out a video like a week ago called How Ray Harryhausen Combined Stop Motion and Live Action. There's just like a 13 minute, really nice, like well-researched, well-put-together look at stop motion and Harryhausen's craftsmanship. Interesting. Um yeah, there you go. Uh, see, I'm I'm trying to find this comic that I was mentioning earlier. Mm. This like sci-fi comic here. Um, no, I don't want to do those. I want to do. Where did it go? Oh man. Uh, so I I I found it. It's called Space Hawk. Oh. Uh, let me see if I can pull up an image of this in just a bit here. Um, yeah, there we go. Pulling it up on screen now. Uh, this character, Space Hawk, uh, by Basil Wolverton. 
uh, is is ju- ju- just like these bright primary colored sci-fi weirdness uh, that I I think this movie encapsulates. It is mm-hmm. it's really incredible. Just the bizarre stories of sci-fi space travel and aliens and uh, just space adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I would recommend that because I did read a good chunk of that book on Comicsology Unlimited years ago. I'm not sure if it's still on there, um, but yeah, that that book was just kind of wild. Um, so go go check out something like that, just some, some old sci-fi comics. Why not? Mm-hmm. That's what I would re- 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 recommend. <laughs> Um, what else would I recommend if you liked this? Um, oddly enough, I think Monsterland has a similar concept, or there is a similar concept to Monsterland in Powerpuff Girls. All of the kaiju live on Monster Island. Uh, and there is, I remember in episode where, yeah, the monsters break free, or there is this specific one that keeps coming to Townsville to fight and they eventually like sit down and talk with this monster. And he's like lashing out because of some issue that he's having on monster (laughs) Island. And they, they talk with him and they reconcile and all this stuff. And he's just like, thanks. Like I'll, I'll go back home. Um, Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. So it's interesting with that, which I, I, I don't know if, Powerpuff Girls is really a, a direct uh, compare, like not not comparison, like good recommendation for if you mm. like this. But I just I connecting the concepts. Yeah, there it's interesting. So, uh, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, go go ch- go check out the original Godzilla. Right. Go, go check out more of these these things here. Um, good fun. Good sci-fi space, space time fun, mm-hmm. monster fun. Just go find any, uh, anything with a miniature or bright primary colors. Indeed. Seek it out. Indeed. Uh, well, I guess that is about it for recommendations, yeah. which means it is time for Melissa to do her pitches for this next yeah. week. Yeah. So I realized we have a uh, a pretty big hole missing in the comics that we've been covering. Just two Venn diagram circles that have never happened to overlap for us, which is that we haven't covered any female-led DC Comics titles. Mm, you are correct. We, we've encountered Wonder Woman in like a Superman comic. Earlier this year, we read Gotham by Gaslight. There's a lot of Catwoman in that. Sure. I thought, let's find some solo titles. So I went looking around at Comixology Unlimited. I didn't find a lot that was on Unlimited. So two of these we would have to pay for unless you have like a DC specific to app somewhere we can get them on. I don't know. You would have to advise. Yeah. Okay. But I have pitch number one. Uh, this is Wonder Woman Rebirth Volume 1, I think. This is from okay. the New 52. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is from Greg Rucka and Liam Sharp. Dude, we could read the first two volumes of this. 
Yes. I looked these up on my Kindle and then I took photos of my Kindle screen with my phone. <laughs> All right. But the first two volumes of this 2017 Wonder Woman story. Yeah. Heroic, iconic, unstoppable, armed with her lasso of truth and imbued with the power of the gods themselves. Princess Diana of Themyscira, known to the world as Wonder Woman, is one of the greatest superheroes in history. But who is she really? Not even Wonder Woman herself knows for sure. Diana's links to both the Amazons and the gods of Olympus have been severed. Her memories are a tangle of contradictions that even her lie-detecting lasso cannot untangle. To solve the riddle of her origin, she must embark on her greatest quest of all, finding a way back to her vanquished home, to her vanished home. To get yes. there, she must team up with her greatest enemy, the feral beast woman, Cheetah. Will this unlikely alliance shine light on the truth of Diana's darkest secrets or bury them and her forever? This is volume one called The Lies. It says it collects odd numbered Wonder Women, Wonder yep. Woman's <laughs> yep. Wonder Woman comics. And then volume two collects the even numbered one. So it seemed yeah. like they were running like two. They were alternating between two stories I was in this initial just run. About to mention that. Yeah, that, right. that was an interesting so detail about that one. Yeah, so we could read volumes one and two, and this would uh, get us through the first, I think, 14 issues mm -hmm. uh, with the odds in one volume and the evens in another, which would be very interesting. Indeed, okay, indeed. pitch number two. This is Zatanna by Paul Dini. Yeah. This is from 2010, and this is one of the volumes we'd have to pay for. It's about $11. And it's also a longer volume. This is like 17 okay. issues. Okay. It's a hefty one. So maybe a lot of time and money we have to sink into it. But it seemed interesting. I don't know anything about Zatanna except for that she looks cool. So I, yeah. I wanted to learn about her. The enchanting Zatanna Zatara has the hottest stage act in Las Vegas. And unlike the parlor tricks peddled by other would-be Houdinis around town, Zatanna's magic is no illusion. It's real. The dazzling mistress of magic can warp reality with just a few backwards words. But the supernatural is powerful, and in the wrong hands, it's deadly. So when the mystical menaces start causing trouble, Z steps in to stop them, from the evil sorcerer Brother Knight to possessed puppets to nightmare demons. But things get complicated fast when the foe is the ghost of someone she loves. There you go. Good stuff. And and pitch number three, this is some Starfire comics. Ah. These are from, uh, let's see, these are from 2016. Again, we can read the first two volumes of these. It says this is by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, Amanda Connor and, Jenna, and Jimmy Palmiotti, the twisted minds behind the New York Times bestselling series Harley Quinn introduced Starfire's first ongoing series. Life is bright and beautiful in Florida's Conk Republic. Warm weather, laid-back attitudes, an orange-skinned alien warrior princess, tons of sunshine. Wait a minute. That's right. Princess Coriander of the planet Tamaran, the former outlaw known as Starfire, has relocated to Key West. Starfire <laughs> is determined to start a new life for herself, a normal life. But assimilation is easier said than done. Though she quickly makes new friends, some of whom want to get very friendly, Corey finds the Sunshine State more challenging than she expected. 
She'll fly through the eye of a raging hurricane and battle aliens and subterranean creatures. But first and foremost, she'll need to find a roof to put over her head and a job to pay for it. Is Corey ready for a life in Key West? Is Key West ready for a life with Starfire? Indeed. Right. Uh, some good picks here. Right. Yeah. I, I was indeed. delighted to find that Starfire comic. I think Key West is a very specific setting to put a character in. Uh, and it's for good sure. summertime vibes. So we could read uh, first two volumes of Starfire, which we would have to buy. I think both of them would total about 11 bucks. We could read this big Zatanna volume by Paul Dini. Again, we'd have to buy for 11 bucks. Or the one that actually is on Comixology Unlimited are those two volumes of Wonder Woman. Yes. Um, I highly recommend those two volumes of Wonder Woman. Those are fantastic. Greg Raka is one of my favorite comic book writers and writes an incredible Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he has a, a, a book that I have yet to read because I'm trying to be disciplined and read a bunch of the DC comics as they were released. So I haven't gotten to uh-huh. his run yet, uh, but he has one story called the Hikatea uh, in which yeah. there's a cover of like Wonder Woman's boot right on top on top of Batman's head, and it's yeah. uh, it's it's a story that this woman goes to Wonder Woman to ask for help because I forget exactly what I think she like murdered a guy that tried to rape her or something mm-hmm. like that, and so Wonder Woman is there being like, absolutely, I will help help you. But then Batman shows up and is like, actually, she's a murderer now. And Wonder Woman's like, uh, no, fuck you, Bat- Batman. We don't <laughs> no, uh-uh. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that is inter- interesting stuff. Um, on the Whatnots podcast, the old iteration I- I- oh. of this, we actually covered volumes one and two of Wonder Woman. Oh, Re- I didn't Re- realize Re- that. Re- Re- fantastic so you can at least hear me and my friend paul talk a bit about it uh on 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 that if you go to our website uh it was number 68 uh on on the whatnots podcast volumes one and two of wonder woman um okay but but yeah that is good stuff um oh man i Really want to go with Zatanna by Paul Dini. However, I think I'm going to go with Starfire because that's the one that I know least about. And, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to expect. Um, Paul Dini is a fantastic creator. Uh, has written a ton of comics. He was mm-hmm. the, one of the creators of Harley Quinn. Um, and mm-hmm. it, I think. I don't remember if he had a hand in creating Zatanna or not. I, hmm. I should go look that, that, that up, uh, but uh, has written a bunch of great comics. He worked on Batman, the a- 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 animated mm. series, uh, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, so that that would be a book worth checking out. And I know you specifically have been like, I kind of want to know more about the like magic side of yeah. DC. Like, who are those characters? And and maybe stuff we'll save it like for that. a Halloween. 
might have to go go back to Zatanna and some more magic characters mm-hmm. there. But yeah, I say let's go with Starfire. That's the one mm-hmm. I I don't know what to expect with that. Right. The, I'm, hearing the premise of this book is that she she moved to Key West and has to start a new life is interesting because she's already had a life in the <laughs> DC comics. So I like I don't understand. Like, is is this like a, a start? Oh, what what's ha- what's happening here? Yeah, um, I don't know how it fits into continuity. And I think it's I think this is a good choice for summer. This seems like a good summer read. I really that like the, the idea of getting to spend time me. in Florida. I think it's especially yep. interesting that it isn't like Miami or some big city. She's going to Key, Key West. West. What Key crime West. is there? Key West, indeed. Um, yeah. So like Melissa had said, uh, you guys can get this on Comixology, not yeah. Comixology Unlimited. You will have to buy this. Uh, if you have the DC Infinite, DC Universe Infinite app, it should be on there. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Starfire. Yeah, I see it here. 12 issues. Um, Yeah, I so I yeah, all 12 issues are on the apps. You can find them there if you are a subscriber to DC Universe Infinite. Um, handy yeah so that would probably be a good cheap way to get that that book but it looks like right now it is on sale on comiXology Mm. uh, for like five bucks and some change yeah Uh, so take your pick you guys can Mm -hmm. do it that way Uh, but yeah Starfire Coriander Princess Coriander that's what we shall do for this next week. Melissa, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. I don't think it's out yet. It might be the next episode we have coming out. I'd have to double check, but... Uh, we talked about some Green Lantern, the animated series. If you're in the yeah. mood for more DC. That's a good show, which we also mm-hmm. covered here. Yeah, we talked about Ruggie all show. of it. Yeah. Back in like 2019 or something a long time ago. Yeah. And then for our show for Saturday Morning Obscurities, we cover like an episode or, or two or three episodes of something. So, oh, my, my brother's a big Green Lantern fan. This episode's coming out around his birthday. So he's like, it's a birthday huh? treat for me. I want to talk awesome. about Green Lantern. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer. Did I hit the button? Come on, button. There we go. Okay. Uh, you guys can find me <laughs> at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you guys would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at the Whatnots, we're at the Whatnots on Twitter. So please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. Uh, let, let us know in the comments down below uh, on YouTube what your favorite monster was here and Destroy All Monsters. Uh-huh. That would be fun. Uh, but this has been number 213 of the Whatnots Review Show.